Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Joining me right now, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, Executive Editor and Washington Bureau Chief for EWTN News, and he's also a Senior Fellow at the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. Matthew, got to jump right to it here. What in the world are they doing in Belgium? Whoa. Well, by way of additional context, so let's remember that the Belgium and, and a number of the countries of the region are also sort of leading the charge, not just in the LGBTQ uh, gender uh, revolution, uh, but also we're seeing consistently the pushing all of the boundaries for things like euthanasia and assisted suicide. So we are seeing in many ways uh, a kind of social collapse uh, in the region, certainly on some of the key issues of our time that uh, involve really important moral matters. In this particular case, uh, what has happened is that the Belgian bishops, uh, who are part of uh, the Flemish-speaking uh, bishops, in other words, they belong to what is essentially the majority ethnic group of, of Belgium, uh, led by Cardinal Josef de Kessel, who's uh, the Archbishop of Brussels and also the President of the Belgian Bishops' Conference, a document uh, couched as uh, providing pastoral care of Catholics who, quote, identify as LGBT, but it also goes well beyond any sort of uh, pastoral accompaniment that the Pope Francis has stressed, uh, and is going to go so far as to allow for an actual ritual blessing of same-sex couples. Uh, um, so, do, does the language uh, of these blessings... Do they suggest what is the nature of the union? I, I mean, are these buddy rituals? I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, what are these then? What are these things? Well, this is uh, going to be the, the, the major question because uh, we already have uh, clarity from the Holy See on all of this. Yeah. Uh, that it is simply not possible. Uh, for us as a church to grant these same-sex blessings. You can go all the way back to the official clarification in March of 2021 from then Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, now the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, mm-hmm. uh, making it very clear that uh, it, the church, in responsum ad dubium is what it's called. So basically it's a, a question, and the question was, does the church have the power to give the blessing to unions of persons of the same sex? And the CDF answered, negative. It then included a very clear uh, explanatory note and uh, commentary. And all of this done, of course, with uh, the the firm approval of the Holy Father. What uh, they are proposing here uh, is that it's for homosexual couples couples who choose to live, quote, in lasting and faithful union with a partner are deserving of appreciation and support. And then they they try to, to... thread the needle here by saying that this relationship, while it is not a church marriage, can also be a source of peace and shared happiness for those involved. Uh, And then uh, it will go on to talk about a prayer, uh, that uh, a moment of prayer that may God bless and perpetuate the commitment of love and fidelity. So the problem that we've got, of course, I'm looking forward to your assessment of this, uh, that while they're trying to say that the difference should remain clear from what the church understands by a sacramental marriage. Really, at the end of the day, uh, it will make very little difference to anyone who's attending it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, 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 my problem is I don't know what I'm, ble- I don't know what the, I'm blessing here. It, <laughs> right. You know, I, I've got uh, two men who are 
close friends. They share a lot of things together. They, um, I don't know what they do when lights go out, but you know they hang around. They're, they're they look like they're be- best friends, and uh, they enjoy each other. Um, so, so what am I supposed to do about that? Well, in other words, right. what is it about the nature of the relationship that calls forth a blessing from the church? You don't just go around blessing anything. I mean, you've got to you've got to know what you're blessing, and I don't know well, what I'm I, blessing I could, here. Precisely, and in much the same way that you could argue uh, that a cohabitating couple should now be eligible to go and receive a, a, a similar blessing. Of I mean, course. you can extend this uh, in almost any direction you want, uh, as long as, in somebody's view, uh, this fulfills a requirement uh, as stipulated of a stable and loving relationship. And uh, yeah. the, let's go back for a second, though, to the CDF, or now the DDF's uh, very clear uh, statement that it is not licit, it says, to impart a blessing on relationships or partnerships, even stable, that involves sexual activity outside of marriage. So that includes, as I was just saying, yeah. both same-sex unions, stable heterosexual unions yep. that are not valid marriages, including merely civil unions contracted by uh, Catholics after a divorce. But all of that, as far as uh, many people are concerned, is now also uh, off the table uh, as something that would be considered remotely prohibited uh, because of what I think are many tendentious uh, interpretations of Amoris Laetitia, which itself, I think, has been used by many people yeah, uh, yeah. to try to justify all of this. But we can't also look at this particular story uh, in Belgium without also paying very close attention to what's happening essentially next door with the German Sonata Way. Right. Uh, precisely because we have just seen them voting uh, on two important things. One narrowly uh, was rejected, but is going to be included anyway, and that is uh, their document on sexual ethics. Uh, we can get back to that in a second. The other, of course, is uh, the call for the redefining or rewriting of the catechism uh, on uh, the church's teachings uh, relating to homosexuality. So essentially we're, we're dumping uh, paragraphs 2357 and 58 uh, that uh, essentially getting rid of uh, the calls for homosexual persons who are called to chastity in, in 2359 uh, and the use of the phrase in particular, uh, the number of men, as it says in 2358, and, and women who have deep-seated homosexual tendencies is not negligible. It says this inclination, which is objectively disordered. That's the part that uh, they, they find don't unacceptable. Like, yeah. Yeah. But the Germans have made it clear that they want all of that gone. And we can add to that in that the document that was narrowly rejected included the, the most remarkable justifications uh, for their claim. Uh, they say in that document uh, that while we recognize that many, many Catholics can live happy and fulfilled lives according to the magisterium of the Church, many cannot or will not, and therefore we should just scrap pretty much everything. Mm. I mean, that's that's at the heart of what they're proposing. That's bizarre. I mean, that that that's... So, we bless... What we fail to do, I guess, huh? We can't live, can't live chase three. Right. So let's bless the circumstance in which we no longer have to worry about living chastely. 
Ay, ay, ay. We're, we're simply jettisoning any concept of uh, objective standards, of objective morality, but also of asking, actually asking people to live up to, not the ideal, but the reality of right. sacramental right. marriage. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're simply abandoning them uh, to their own whims and caprices rather than actually asking them or helping or encouraging them uh, to overcome sin in their lives, to... to actually become holy and to recognize the power of the sacrament. But there's something else that the that doctrinal note uh, said from the, the doctrine of the doc, uh, the doctrine of the faith, and, and it says that while positive elements can be found, of course, in same-sex unions, which are in themselves to be valued and appreciated, those aspects cannot justify these relationships and render them legitimate objects of an ecclesial blessing yeah, since the exactly. positive elements exist within the context yeah. of the union, not ordered to the Creator's plan. Yeah, yeah. I, it, you know, this is going to be... I mean, the, the Belgian bishops are expected uh, in Rome next week, right, for their Adlimina visit? Uh, it's it's coming up, yes. <laughs> I, 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 that's, uh, I'll tell you one, that's going to be one... Uh, one day of work for uh, Pope Francis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I think we're all going to be paying very close attention to the Bolognino that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's something else. I it's it, this this is a direct this is a direct attack, of course, on the t- teaching of the Church, and it's it's hard to know where this can possibly go down the road. Uh, you know, you hate to speculate, but. At some point along the way, the people who are proposing these changes are going to feel that, in the, in good conscience, they can do no other. Right? Uh, in other words, they're going to do it regardless of uh, the Holy See. That's the way it looks to me, because this is going to become a matter of conscience for them, and I think they're well, going, right. you know, feel justified in doing it. And then what? Uh, then. Then again, the Holy See has to decide what kind of discipline uh, to put into place, and I I don't know what they would do. Do you have any idea? Well, I, no, I don't. And, and um, part of this too is that there's this huge question that is sitting over the, the German synodal way, and that is what happens uh, come early next year when they finish these votes. And I think it's very clear, given how they have rigged the system as we saw with the, the votes just yeah. the last week or so, that they are going to push ahead with this plan. Yeah. The question then becomes, once they finalize this and begin trying to impose it on the German church, which we know they will, mm-hmm. uh, it, they're going to, bishops are, have already said, they're going to try to uh, implement this in their own diocese, but you know as well as I do that now with this standing synodal body, this synodal council, is sort of the supreme Soviet of uh, the German Catholic Church now, that this will be imposed on parishes and on dioceses, and those who do not conform are likely to be given penalties and ostracism and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So what then, uh, to my mind, is the question? Because at that point, you really are effectively in a schism. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe even beyond that. Yeah. And so the the question will be what is the response from the Holy See and but also what are the responses from bishops all over the world? We already have several hundred very courageous bishops who have spoken very publicly with their alarm. We have the bishops of Poland, we have the bishops of Scandinavia, I suspect that more will be coming, uh, who are really worried about all of this. Yeah. Uh, do we have uh, we only got about a minute left here Matthew, but uh, well we'll stay on this topic. 
Do you know any other uh, national bishops' conferences that are sympathetic to uh, the Germans and, and the Belgians? Well, I suspect uh, we have seen now uh, two. Um, I would be very curious to see what happens over the next few weeks if uh, others uh, follow suit. Um, I always go back in some ways to the, the toxic effects of the Dutch catechism in the 1970s. Right. Uh, so I'll simply put that out there. Uh, not that I'm saying that this is going to happen, but I think we may very well see a few others uh, in Northern or Western Europe follow suit. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, maybe we can talk again later this week and pick up some of these other stories, which are so important. Thanks, Matthew. Absolutely. Okay. God bless. Dr. Matthew Bunsen, that is really the uh, most important story, for, I think, for Catholics today. Bishops in Belgium defy the Holy See.